Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Welcome to another episode of the Shoot Your Shot podcast. I am your host, C. Diddy, a.k.a. Diddy Escobar, a.k.a. Diddy San Diego, a.k.a. Um, Kyrie Carvin. And to my left is my co-host. Hey, niggas. <laughs> so, how are you, Steph? Um, better. I guess I can say better. <laughs> you sure? You yeah. I'm, like, I'm getting better. Getting better should okay. be the operative word. I don't know. I'm working with my therapist. I've been gone because depression is taking a hold of me. And sometimes you got to take a break to reassess and get to where you need to go. But honestly, I'm still working on it. Like, I'm still just trying to figure out everything. You know what's crazy is, like, I think I've talked about this on here, but a lot of my depression is rooted in not confidence, because I wouldn't say I'm lacking confidence, but what's the word I'm looking for? I had it earlier, because I felt like I wanted to, like, talk about this, mm-hmm. um, but, like, uh, not confidence. As, um belief like self self belief or self self worth self worth um losing a job really sucks especially losing a job that pays you well and then having difficulty finding a job that pays you just as well and then having to adjust the fact that you can't you're not self-sufficient so this year has been humbling af because i can't be self-sufficient like i was last year and so and it just spiraled me. I mean, I've I've been dealing with mental illness, so that's not new. But you know, on top of PSTD, B, PSTD, PTSD, and my anxiety to now be having to deal with anxiety or deal with depression too is just like it's a lot, and it's hard to be in a creative mood or even like a day to day just going to work mood. It's it's been hard this year. I don't know. And then I realized, like, I was overcompensating by heavily drinking. So last week, I really just, I chilled out on drinking, and it actually lifted my spirits. Go figure, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, so it actually helped a lot. And I think I'm just at that point now where I'm like, oh, maybe it's time to, like, stay in the house a little bit more and just really. If you, if you gonna confront them, confront your demons. Yeah, you gotta kind of confront them head on. Yeah, you can't really, uh, you know, try to put it off. You gotta kind of gotta do them all. Yeah. Um. So so like this weekend was 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 good for you to open open up some eyes, open up kind of a different viewpoint or for me. Yes. Yeah. It definitely helped out a little bit. Not even just this weekend, but mostly, like, last week. Because, I mean, I tell you, I, we've talked about this before. Like, me and my friends probably get drunk, like, four times out of the week. That's not normal. At least it shouldn't be. It shouldn't be. I think it's becoming a new normal for a lot of us. I mean, there's studies yeah. that show. Millennials are out here drinking. Well, when, you know, you, you, you come to the, you come with the reality that, the social security system you've been paying into since you've become a member of this workforce is not going to be there for you when you leave it. 
Mm-hmm. I think that's one thing. Because, like, every generation before us, it was like, okay, you pay into the system for X amount of years. And then once you retire, the system pays you back. And most people can get on board with that. Like, okay, it's like I'm paying it forward. Millennials. And mind you, so first and foremost, all you niggas got to stop calling everything a millennial thing. Because first and foremost, millennials have a very strict definition. It's like 1981 to 1996 is like the official, official millennial, quote unquote, age range. All these niggas born in 97, and 97 in general is like, I have thoughts about 97. Like, I remember but what happened in 97? <laughs> like, I feel like 96 on, I can like distinctly re- remember what happened. Man, like, y'all niggas younger than Space Jam. Actually, like, a solid 95 on. Y'all 95 niggas on, are younger than Space Jam. Don't compare these niggas <laughs> to me. I try not to do that because I don't want to be one of the, I don't want to grow up and be one of those people. I, I feel <laughs> you, but I, uh, you know me. You know I I have an issue taking blame for shit I didn't do. True. Like if I did the shit, I did the shit. But don't blame me for other people's shit that isn't part of my tribe. <clears throat> Excuse me. So like I said, these ninety seven and 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 younger niggas. They're not millennials. They're like Generation Z, I think is the name. Put it like millennials this. Millennials are age 37 to 24 right now. Yeah, so it's like 1981 to 93 is like the cutoff then, right? I, th- I saw something that says 96. 96. That would make you 24. That would make you 22. Two. 22. But anyway, moral of the story. Put it like this. Here's my informal definition. If you niggas ain't older than Space Jam... You're not a millennial. That's that's. I don't care how scientific or not scientific that sounds. If you niggas ain't older than Space Jam, you are not a millennial. Point blank period. But kind of going back to the point, we we're paying into a system that is not going to benefit us. Like we're literally paying into a social security system that is going to not be there by the time we retire. At like everything, and so that that fucks with you. The fact that. The median income level has not changed in 30 years. Like the, Oh, but the cost of living has definitely gone up. That's another thing that kind of fuck, that will fuck with you. It's like we make, like, per capita, the, the median family make, makes the same amount of money in 2018 as they did in, like, 1982. But everything else has gone up in that span. That'll fuck with you. Um, and so all these different things like require like require coping mechanisms, and so oftentimes coping mechanisms aren't healthy. So I think that's one of the reasons that it's become a new normal. It's become like, hey, what are you doing on a Monday or a Tuesday? Um, and I've told like me and Alice said this last week. Look, stop inviting me out to shit during the week because <laughs> I'll say yes, and I don't need to say yes. I have food at home. I'm good. I ain't got it. Even yeah, if I have it. I might your friendship with Jade. <laughs> she don't know what no is. Jay, man, I, this weekend, when Jay, Jay literally came back from a whole vacation, pulled up on Sunday and was like, 
nigga drink with the titties out. But you know that's her aesthetic. We love, we love, we I love. I do. We love. Jay. I would never want her to put those titties away. I personally don't have them, so please, if you can just wear your titties out all the time. <laughs> well, <laughs> she's wearing the titties for two. Um, but yeah, so like my weekend, kind of. So it was Cincinnati Jazz Fest weekend, music fest weekend, whatever you want to call it. So the that crowds can make me anxious. So I wasn't going out regardless this weekend. Fair enough. I I personally. I don't have, you know, luckily for me, like, I can flourish, I can function in there. I will say this, though, um, downtown traffic was on a bean the entire weekend. Like, if you, and the thing is, it was so weird because it, like, you could, it was like, when people were headed to the festival, so, like, early in the, early in the day, like, for those who know downtown, they know it's a bunch of one-way streets. Um... So, like, Elm Street, Vine Street, Main Street, no traffic because they're going away from the festival. Race Street, Walnut Street, and, like, Sycamore, stop, like, parking lot because they're going – it was and it was weird. And, and then, you know, Cincinnati does this thing where whenever there's a big weekend – and I think most – I think everyone does it, but it's just I notice it in Cincinnati because, because of my own biases – is – you know, they did this for All-Star Weekend. They did this for um, when you see some coming weekend every year. They, you know, everyone wants a piece of a pie. Like, it's, like and, and one thing that always annoys me is that I feel like we can do so much more with collaboration than we can with competition. Especially in, a, in, a, in an arena where there's only so much to go around. Um, so everyone was trying to throw a party. Like day parties, Friday night, Saturday day, you know, Saturday night, Sunday that day. Like everyone was trying, and I feel like it kind of robbed a little bit of the essence of everything because everyone was so scattered out all across the city, you know, trying to reach the same demographic. When in reality, uh, I think you can, you probably need to do, you know. So for like UC Homecoming this year, even if I may not be in town for it or anything else, just structure it by age ranges. So if you have you have your 18 and up party for the young for the young for the young teeny boppers. You have your 21 and up one, and then you have like your 25 or 30. Okay, and up that one. works for homecoming, but like Jazz Fest is only like 21 and up. But you still you still have people like Cincinnati. <laughs> excuse me. I mean, so then 21 and up and 30 and up for, for Jazz Fest. But, like, I think instead of structuring it where it's two to three different parties all <clears throat> all trying to attack the same range, just just find big enough venues and, and then separate it by age. Because kind of the, the beauty of those things, the beauty of UC Homecoming, the beauty of Jazz Fest is, like, you know, there's more, there's an influx of people who look like you, who kind of, like, can you know look like you who share a bond who share an experience, so that's why people come down. That's why like Jazz Fest weekend is the biggest tourism weekend in the city. Jazz Fest weekend, and I have like the numbers to back this yeah, up. Knockbacks closed down for the weekend. We we'll talk about that, but um, I have the numbers back. Jazz Fest weekend is like two All Star weekends, two baseball All Star weekends. Jazz Fest weekend is like four Bunbury music festivals as far as revenue and tourism dollars that come into the city every year. 
Now, with knockbacks, I've had a bunch of discussions, but we can have this because I think this is something to touch on the podcast with kind of what we're talking about afterwards. So Knockback Next um, is one of the more famous, not famous, well-known, like, chicken wing spots in the city. It's one of the only, like, chicken spots downtown, would you say? Like, that specialize in, like, chicken? Chicken wings. Chicken wings? Yeah. So they closed down this week. They closed this weekend for renovations. And if you if you were watching me, you could see the air quotes. We got the little got the little kids in the window. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, but they closed down for quote unquote renovations, right? Just happened to be on Jazz Fest weekend, which brings a lot of African Americans to the city. Immediately caused backlash. Black people. It brings black. I said black people, didn't I? He said African Americans. I was just emphasizing what you were saying. Oh, I was going to say, um, so brings mad black people to the city. So, so they immediately re- received backlash. Um, and Jay Rod was a kind of the Trump, kind of a official whistleblower of it, which is interesting. Um, I would say, given some of his, some of his. He was the whistleblower on it? That's the first time. He was the one that made, like, the, the, the first official post. He was like, my city's so racist. Fell shut down for Jazz Fest weekend. But it was it, it just, it's funny because one of his properties has, like, racism complaints a lot. Well, you, his whole thing is he doesn't get to be the face legally. He can only be a, like... Back, a silent partner behind the scenes. Yeah, so he, like... Unfortunately, he doesn't have a say in how they treat the people who come there. Okay, and I can, I can, I can partly respect that. I don't respect it, but, but it's, it's, it was one of those things where it's like capitalism. I, a is capitalism, and B don't throw don't throw rocks from a glass house. <laughs> like that's that's the main thing I think. Don't throw rocks from a glass house because like we could you could easily point to plenty of incidents going on at, at one of his establishments that echo the same thing he's accusing them of. And so I've had plenty of conversations. Um, some pe- Most people, you know, kind of thought it was racist. Some people kind of played the, the devil advocate role of, like, you know. They knew. But, again, it's one of the things where. <laughs> Damn it, Steph. <laughs> oh, sorry. I always think I have the sound turned off, and then I don't. <laughs> um. Like, knockbacks are small. It's small as hell in there. Um, so part of what I could see, you know, because I do think it's, it, 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 it's at least fishy and it's a, it's a weird way of doing things. But knockbacks are small as hell. So, you, so I think everyone knew that if they opened for that weekend, the weights, the lines, all of that was not, was not going to be conducive to, like, people's, the customer satisfaction. Um, and and then my source is telling me they were trying to make the kitchen bigger. So they're trying to, you know, do renovations, whatever the case may be. But they're trying to make the kitchen bigger. So, like, I understand making money, but it's like, is, a, is the money that you make going to be worth all the negative responses that you may get because the lines are long or there's a super long wait or things of that nature? Mm. Um, you know, that's that's for the business owner. 
to answer. I can't answer that. I, we can't answer that as consumers because we don't know all the insides and outsides of what the business owner has to think about. Um, but kind of make a long story short, it is it is kind of weird that a, that a, that a business who will open early on opening day and Oktoberfest will com- will plan their renovations during the busiest weekend of the year on purpose. At the very bare minimum, we have to admit, that's a little fishy. I personally, I personally, I never want to jump to accusations like so quickly because I don't want people to do that to me. So I, I want to I, I want to give the benefit of a doubt to pe- the same people that I would want them to give the benefit of a doubt to me. Like you can't just call something racist without like legitimate arguings and against it. I think or just and that and that's just not just racist as any allegation. Don't don't just don't make baseless a- allegations. I think is what I'm trying to say, but. You have any more thoughts on that? Nah. <laughs> okay. All right. Um, so my weekend, my weekend, uh, it was cool. I mean, Music Fest weekend, just seeing black people everywhere, all shapes and sizes and colors and creed was <clears throat> was amazing to see. Um, and I didn't even have to pay no, I ain't had to pay no covers this weekend besides, nope, I don't think I had to pay a single cover this weekend because, you know, they knew <laughs> I was able to kind of make sure I got in and got out where I needed to get in and get out. So I'm thankful. It was a good weekend. You know, made it. Didn't didn't drink too much, thankfully, except Friday. I was really fucked up Friday. Um, what was Friday? Friday. I was at Astor Friday. How was it? It was cool. Astor Friday was lit. Astor mm-hmm. Friday was lit. People was, but like, I had started after work. It kind of just kind of kept going <laughs> for like... <laughs> The majority of that, the rest of the day, it was payday. I was feeling myself. I was like, hey, I ain't broke no more. <laughs> like, feeling myself. Um, and sh- one of the shorties was telling me, it was like, I knew you was lit because, like, I was, you were staring at me. And I was trying to get your attention. And you're just staring at me. And you just did, would not recognize me. Like, I would, apparently was just, like, sitting, I was sitting down on the couch, looking dead at shorty, but, like, looking through her. And she's like, try, like she's like waving high, like, "Hey, Calvin!" Like, and she looking dead at her, d- didn't recognize her. I asked her. Yes, and she was like, "That's when she was like, that's when I, she was like, that's when I knew you were lit because like you did not recognize." Her. And then she like took like two steps. I'm like, "Oh, hey!" But like, I just was out of it. I was out of it. <laughs> but, From everybody's Instagram, they look like they were lit. I was in bed by ten o'clock on Friday. Yeah, because I saw 10:30. you at I, I saw you at Treehouse, and then you. Hop skipped and skedaddled. I literally, I had I only went because my friend needed a wingman. And I that friend, did, that friend didn't need a wingman. That friend, that friend know how to shoot. Oh no, they're beyond shooting. That, but that, 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 I was like, there's no, there's They've no. made the basket a couple of times. Yeah, there's no need. That, that just, friend was good. She didn't want to come by herself, and I get it. So I was like, that's fine. I have to do something at like ten anyway. So I was in bed by eleven. But I had to do something at 10, and so I did that, and then I went home. Okay. And then Saturday, you know, kind of bounced back and forth. Um, and then Sunday, fun day. 
Liz had her going away on Saturday. I went to that. I think I missed. I think I missed that because I had to take a nap. Yeah, a lot of you missed it. I had to take a nap, but um, mm. like it was one of those things where it's like if I didn't go to sleep, I would have. But um, again, big shout out to her. Big shout out to her. She she deserves. Liz, we're so proud of you. She deserves all all the all the accolades and all the flowers. So she's today's Tuesday or yeah Tuesday. She left today. Mm-hmm. So like again, Liz, like we, big shout out to you. Big big congratulations on everything that you're doing. It's wonderful. It's beautiful. Um, and continue to keep putting on for for you and everyone who loves you. All right. So you want to get to today's topic? All that I got. Okay, so Calvin didn't come up with the topics today. I did, and it's not really like a list of topics. It's more like an umbrella to start a conversation. So we're going to have an open discussion on how Trayvon Martin and the effects of social social media with that case has transformed how we relate to people since then. And this and this conversation was kind of inspired by like last night's documentary. It was the premiere of the documentary. The premiere so of the documentary. Six parts. It. I'm not sure when parts? it goes on Netflix, but last night they showed part one, and then just like the what's his name, Khalif Browner. Browner. Mm-hmm. They, they're doing it the same way. Okay. So <laughs> BT, who sucks at promoting shit. Because BT's, BT's not black owned. BT's own. It's Viacom. And, and Viacom don't give a flying fuck about BT. They make it very clear. Jeff Johnson is a sellout. That. Okay. He is. I did that. that I was like, that was a random. Like, no, it's not. He sold off the company to Viacom and that, then you never bounced. You mean Bob Johnson? Did I say Jeff Johnson? Yes, that's why I was looking at you uh, like this. I meant Bob Johnson. That's why I looked at you like, yo. No, I meant Bob Johnson. Bob Johnson is this is Yeah, Bob, Bob's the one that sold it. He got, you know. He sold it to Viacom so he could be a billionaire. And then Deborah didn't do anything with it. And it's literally gone to shit ever since. Because y'all keep playing Baby Boy 500 fucking times a week. Okay, but when they were playing Jason's lyrics all the time, me and my sister watched it, like, every time it came on. How old y'all, How old were y'all when that happened? I think when it was, like, middle school, high okay. school. <laughs> I, I rest my case. <laughs> Look, man, before we... BT could have do so much shit if they just chose to. Like I at think this I, point, I don't think they, they can to because Viacom literally does not care. But also, when Viacom with MTV, the same things happen because the pub, the um, programming of MTV is shitty now. I wouldn't know <laughs> honestly. They do not. I how remember. the fuck? Side note: How the fuck is Catfish still going on? First of all, that is good television. It's, I don't care what y'all got going on. It's 2018. If you still getting catfish, that's on you. You if chose to get catfish. You chose to get catfish. It, okay? If you, if it's 2018 and you still getting catfish, you chose to get catfish because you're trying to meet Neve. Because in 2018, if if they don't have some sort of video phone <laughs> or you can't pull up on them, <laughs> what the fuck are we doing here? Like, I, a lot of y'all motherfuckers are not as smart as y'all think y'all are. Okay, but I digress. Yeah, BT, MTV don't show no music videos anymore. I, <laughs> BT can do so much different shit than what they do. It's just... They can bring about Cedar World since we in the realm of rebooting stuff. I watch Cedar's World. Or just even, they could televise all the HBCU football games. 
Huh. That's a simple start. Who wouldn't mind watching A&T games on television? You know, to televise, televise HBC football games, bring bring back Rap City to Basement if we reboot and shit along with Cedar's World, bring back the Rap City to Basement freestyle for, like all that shit. It's a real it's a real simple fix, but because Viacom don't give a flying fuck, it's never going to happen. No, cuz they're white and white people don't care. But okay, so so yeah, so the documentary premiered last night. I, documentary I, premiered. I understand if you couldn't watch it because yeah, I, I cried literally from the second because they opened it with the sounds of him being shot, and I boohooed for the rest of the hour. <laughs> I think it was on for like hour, hour and a half. I can't remember. Yeah, I, my um, my self health, my self like. Won't won't allow me. Self love said, "Don't do it." Yeah, like I get that. Like just because it's still so fresh to me, um, it just it just wouldn't allow me. I to... feel like everybody can remember like where they were yeah. when they heard the verdict. I remember exactly. I saw it was, I was in my fraternity frat house, my my fraternity house during the summer because I was living I was living in Oxford in Miami University's campus over the summer doing some summer classes. Whatever the case may be, we didn't like. We didn't even have cable in the, in the crib. I remember they were transcribed though because I was reading them at work. Yeah, like we didn't even have cable at the crib because poor college students. <laughs> what the fuck is cable? You know what I mean? Like we didn't even have cable at the crib, so I I, I was getting updates through like YouTube, social media, and you know the websites that were transcribing the shit, and like. All these different arguments, as far as um, because it, it was three charges, it was like it was like second degree murder, manslaughter, and then not and then none of them. It was like those are th- the three options, and a lot of I just remember a lot of us was talking like I mean we we had a little bit of like self doubt because of you know history. We had a little bit of self doubt, but like a lot of us was like, "Man, they at least gonna give him manslaughter." Like they got, you know, they at least are at least gonna give him that. Like lawyers was telling me, like, don't expect to get the uh, to get the murder charge, but y- y'all could get the manslaughter charge because like it's hard to show, it's hard to show premeditated intent with that type of case. And there's no video of it. Yeah, and so I, I remember I was sitting on my couch. When I got the got the announcement that not guilty on everything, and I literally was just stuck on my couch in in Oxford, Ohio. And so, although all of those who are around here know Oxford, Ohio is white as hell in the summer. So not so it's even more white because half the little black kids ain't even in school right now. Just sitting. And my couch <laughs> stuck as hell. It's just stuck. Um, and just like in a in a state of shock, to be to be quite honest. Um, like everyone like it was just it felt like it felt like I got like punched in the stomach. Like, no lie. Like when it happened. Um, where were you? At my abusive ex's house. Hmm. So as a little layer, as a layer of it, 
right? It like, does add a little bit of a layer. But, and I think, I just remember, like, mind you, so, like, Twitter is just is reacting in real time. And it was just, like, devastation. And that was the first time a case like that. So, I think the difference between, like, Trayvon Martin, I mean, we've heard of, like, police killings, but this was different because, one, it was the first time that people have heard of this staying your ground law in the state of um, Florida. Florida, which is a fairly new law that was introduced by Jed Bush and I want to say, 2005 or two. Five. Five. And this was the first case where it was actually used in court. Was it? Yeah, because of a black woman who didn't get it was after that, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Continue. So this is the first time it was used in court. And I think it was a year after, not a, well, a couple months after the shooting where it was made national news. Because at first it was just like a Florida thing. Yeah, because we, we, but the national conscience kind of caught on late. Mm-hmm. It caught on It late. was afterwards, and people were confused as to why we were just hearing about it. Because, he, yeah, like, George Zimmerman never had to spend a night in jail. Never. Like, not even the night he, not he even shot the night and he, killed yeah, him. Like, he went home. Yeah. And so, and so all of this, this live, visceral, just disgust. Raw. Devastation. What the fuck? Like, all of it's just, like, playing out life. Especially like, for millennials, because I think prior to that particular case, the last case in which a black man was wrongfully killed, with, that got, like, a lot of syndication, was, um, uh, what was that guy who was out for his bachelor party? Sean Bell. Yeah. Sean Bell. Sean Bell was, and he got, like, 50, 50 rounds. I'm not afraid in saying this, and I'm pretty sure this is not a, a, a like, I'm pretty sure other people say this, but Trayvon Martin is our Emmett Till. Like, that's our Emmett Till. Because, like, if you look at kind of what Emmett It shaped our consciousness. It, it shaped our consciousness, and even the circumstances in which they died. So Emmett Till, for vote, you know, whistled at a white woman, allegedly. Right, and even when though... she came out and said that it never happened, she's still alive. No, I think she whispered her on her deathbed. I Like, she may have just died. Because she was, she was like... On her deathbed, and she was like, "I can't take this with me when I die. Like I have, like you know, all that other shit." I am not for Anglo-Saxons. But like, so Emmett Till, quote unquote, whistled at a white woman. That was his. That was his crime. That was punishable by death. Trayvon Martin allegedly, like. Even in the best case scenario for like people who think George Zimmerman was justified, allegedly, quote unquote, fought off or beat up George Zimmerman, allegedly. Like that was the best case scenario for I'm Zimmerman s- Center was like still he still highly convinced he did that in his dance style. And so so like so that that was his quote unquote crime as punishable death. Emmett Till was 14, Trayvon Martin was 17. No one got, ju- neither one of them got justice, and, but they're, but what they were able to do in death shaped the, the, the next however many years as far as like a civil rights issue. Because, you know, if you remember, Emmett Till's mother said, opted for the open casket. Because she said, I want them to see what they did to my baby. And it was a pictures of, the, of, of, of Emmett Till's 
broken, bruised, nearly unrecognizable face that started the conversation. Like, what the hell are we doing? And it was Trayvon Martin's death, the recording, you know, but his family that kind of chose not to go silently into into the background. Um, That kind of caused that as well. Um, So, yeah, that's that whole thing. And then just how it, it was also the catalyst, like, Trayvon Martin's death and the, and the lack of a, of a guilty verdict, in my opinion, told people like Zimmerman and people who, who identified like him that it was open season on, on, on black people. And you could kill somebody, and you can kill a black person and get away with it. Because after Trayvon Martin, was what was next? Michael Brown, right? Like we were told, if there was just a camera, if if we just saw what happened, we could have a you know a, a, a fair verdict. Michael Brown happened, or no? Excuse me. It was like we, if we had just had witnesses to kind of let you know what happened. Michael Brown had mad witnesses in Ferguson. Still nothing. Well, maybe. If we had seen, if we had seen what happened, like if there was a camera, if there was video footage, Eric Gardner happened. Well, maybe if he wasn't, he didn't look threatening. You know, maybe if he didn't, you know, fight back or tussle with him, Tamir Rice happened. Well, well, maybe it's just like the masculinity effort. Maybe it's just like the masculine energy where just Sandra Bland happened, and on and on and on and on and on. Like, it showed that, look, you, you could kill us and get away with it. Just like now, in a, in a little bit of a smaller scale, all these fucking people calling the cops on us for no fucking reason. That first, that patient zero, um, what's, whatever, shorty you called on the barbecue, showed that, hey, we can use this to weaponize, we can weaponize this. And now... You got tar- you got people calling the people at Target because they're using too many coupons. You got you got somebody calling the police on Ving Rhames saying that he's breaking into his own home. Look, you call the police somebody, but you call the police on somebody who's at their own home. That's attempted murder if they're if, if they're black, because you know what you're you know what you're trying to do. You know. How this could go. At, at 2018, for you to pretend that you calling the police isn't putting someone's life in danger is asinine. But I feel like I've talked a lot. I don't, I don't, I don't want to cut you off, but I, I clearly have some, <laughs> some things to say about this. No, I'm, I mean, that was the whole point of, of me bringing this episode idea is kind of have more like open discussion. There's no structure to it. Um, I think outside of that, I just wanted to talk about like how um, this particular case created something that we like to refer to like woke Twitter, but it's outside of just being like on Twitter or even the term woke, like how we interact with humans within our community of be very specific would be young black professionals has, I think Trayvon Martin on has changed the dynamic of everything. Like, how we talk about mental illness, because I remember, like, when the verdict came out, 
that's when people started really openly talking about the fact that they were going to therapists and and really like dealing with depression and and then we had this whole thing of generational trauma come up and how people were talking about how like black for black people trauma lives inside of you until you and it's scientifically proven that trauma lives inside of us unless we choose to do something inside of it and it I mean even down to like I know it was like this is no it's not so somebody on Twitter was saying the other day like when parents wake up like they've they don't allow their children to sleep in on the weekends. Right. And how, like, I don't know, I made the connection of how, like, think about slavery or even, like, civil rights. Like, the whole idea of rest and relaxation has never been a thing that's been possible for black people. So for us, growing up our generation, we never had, like, the stresses of what they went through. But, however, our parents innately tend to stress us out. Because of, yeah, so it's like, boy, you, boy, you wasting a day. You know, it's like if you're gonna get up, you need to get ready for your day. It's nine o'clock. You need to be up. Like And so I think a lot of it is, um should a lot of should a lot of us, us the young black professionals we're we're, we're suffering through post traumatic stress. We're suffering for, we're suffering for PTSD. Yeah. Because seeing and this is not my opinion, this is studies back this, this is psychological studies are backing this, seeing so many people who look like you die without any repercussions for the people who have killed them is like similar to being in combat and seeing the people that you're in combat with die. Like we're literally seeing like our brothers and sisters, our you know, quote unquote soldiers in arms shot in cold blood, which is why another reason that, like, I, I whenever I see you know another hashtag, I don't click on the links. I don't. I don't want to watch the video. I don't want. I don't want to see none of that shit. Cause seeing that, seeing those videos of like Alton Sterling, of Tamir Rice, of Eric Gardner, of Philando Castile, it haunts me. For for a lot, it haunts me. It's like a nightmare. So I don't see that. Like that's why I don't. I'm real. I'm real. I'm real careful, and I'm real like of like people like Sean King. Because I feel like Sean King. Like what's the, what's the proper word I'm looking for? Like he does. He he's done good things. Even though I'll never forget when someone called that man Talcum X. Um. He's done, he's done, but I feel like he's one of those people who, like, thrives off of it. He Like, he almost gets off on, like... Gets a high off of doing this type of work. Off of, off of black tragedy. hmm And it's like, <laughs> I can't go. And maybe that's why I'm not as woke as some people want me to be, because I still want to be able to enjoy some things. You know what the best thing that happened out of this, though, was that... <laughs> You're going to say something. Not, you going to say something that's going to piss me off. I feel it. <laughs> no, I'm not. All I was going to say is it required men to be better people, and I'm very happy about it. T- time to fuck out. Uh-uh. It did. How, how was the best thing? I didn't say best. Okay. I said a good thing. Like, 
Help me understand that, because I, I really... I'm not w- talking about the case particularly. I'm just talking about how we interact with people and how social media has shaped our interactions with people since then. I feel like the Trayvon Martin case was a precipice for being a different human being. You're not allowed to just be wrongful and rude and racist and bigots and misogynistic and patriarchal and think that you could just get away with your behavior. We now live in a time where people are expressively telling you what you're doing is wrong. And I think that's one of the greatest things that's came out of this. We don't just let people treat us away anymore. We state it and we we do things to change it. And the, the amount of organizational groups that have come from, from a, a tragedy and even his mom was talking about that. I, I don't think she knew to which extent it would happen, but it is it is directly from that case because it, it brought light to more than just the fact that we racially treat people wrong, but like sexually we treat people wrong, by gender we treat people wrong, by sexuality we treat people wrong. And it was it was the changing point for for not allowing to sit willfully as people are wrongfully done in this country. And I think that's a good thing. The only way I can agree with you on this is, is and correct me, and if, I'm, and if I'm making connections you didn't make, let me know, is after Trayvon, we started trying, we, we became more hyper aware about racism. Or like, and how what how weaponized racism could still affect us, and then because we became more hyper aware of that, eventually we became more hyper aware of other things. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Okay, because I I was I was really trying to like make sure I understood it before I I, I dismissed it because a lot of it like, and so that's why I'm glad I asked. Um, for me, um, and I think the fact, so this happened in 2012. So it was right before, like, you know, Obama's second, like, second term. Because he was in the middle of his presidential campaign, and he stopped. He stopped his presidential campaign once it became so, so much national news. He, like, paused for a day. Um... To like, kind of like, you know, like acknowledge that shit. When did when did Mike Brown happen? Did Mike Brown happen the same year that happened in 2013? I feel like it might have been the he was killed in 2012. Trayvon. Yes. I'm trying to figure. I'm trying to. We're gonna. I'm gonna Google Mike Brown. See when. See. Mike Brown was 2014. Okay. Because it was like I I remember I remember like people. Mike Brown was during the summer because I remember yeah I remember I went during out the summer to protest. Two thousand fourteen. It was fall of two thousand fourteen. I started protesting because my parents were like, "Why? Why? Like, why do you feel like you need to go out and do this stuff?" My mom and my mom was and my mom was like that too. Um, but so I remember yeah. So back to the point. Um, so in twenty twelve. So twenty twelve. We are coming on the end of Obama's first term, and we see how they treat him, right? Like, because I remember in 2008, you know, there was so much hope and joy, no pun intended, for this quote-unquote post-racial society. Because, hey, 
we elected a black man as president. And not only is he a black man, he has a black ass wife. Not only is he a black, has a black ass wife, he has two black ass kids. Not only does he have two black ass kids, his last name's Obama. You can't even pretend it's not black. Like, holy shit. It's like his, it was just like this whole thing like we thought, and I say we, but like the collective thought, hey, we're moving into a post-racial society. And then when he got inaugurated, and in the first hundred days, the white people was like, you thought, nigga? Someone said to me. <laughs> you thought? Um, uh, it was a tweet um, on Twitter. It was saying, like, the the outcome of this death was the realization that having a black man in office, I'm paraphrasing, but having a black man in office didn't stop the realization of how white people truly feel about us. And And for me... That realization had started before that. It started. It started with how we treated him. It started with how like people were demanding to see his birth certificate. You know, people were hanging Obama in effigy in America, like all of these different things. But if you're talking a death now, you're talking into the that that was Trayvon, and for from and I know for me, and and like for my black men who listen, like. Holla at me if I'm if I'm speaking out of turn here. Trayvon Martin for me re-put that chip on my shoulder that my parents and my grandparents had as black men in this country. Like the they don't give a fuck about you chip on your shoulder. And that chip has has not left since. Because Trayvon Martin, in my opinion, reminded me and reminded a lot of black men. They don't give a fuck about you. And every single day since then, somewhere I have been reminded that they don't give a flying fuck. And so that, for me, is, is, is why I have to be selfish sometimes. I have to be. Because if I'm not selfish for me, you know, who else is going to be? And maybe sometimes that manifests in, in a way that isn't beneficial to black women, and we're working on that. Um, but I also, I mean, and, and black women have started to encourage this as well. We have to be selfish. We have to be selfish. I think the, the, the fine line that we have to kind of understand is be selfish but still be an ally to the person who's in the mud with you. Like, <laughs> what? This better, be, this better be important. <laughs> What's up? I'm not laughing at my phone. I, I'm chuckling at what you just said. Why? Because I don't think it's, it's not fair. It's not me saying black women need to be selfish just like black men need to be selfish. No, I'm not saying that. I'm what, just saying what's not fair is that the idea that we're allies in this together, like ideally we are, but in reality, no, we're not. Anyways, okay. Like I said. I mean, you can disagree. I'm just I saying just, I, it's not. I, blatant, I, I put it like this. You kind of just were like, <laughs> Cause anyways. Because here, here's why. <laughs> like, here's what. And so here's why I don't think my statement is something that necessarily needs to be disagreed with. Because I say both of us need to be selfish on our own things. Like the struggles that black men have are different than the struggles that black women have. Correct? Yeah, they are. 
Okay. So so I'm not me. I'm not I'm acknowledging that, which is why I'm saying both of both of us need to be selfish in that aspect. But if we look at the grand scheme of things, we're still we're compared to how white America look at us, we're still in the mud together. You may feel like, you know, you you have a different section of mud. We're still in the mud. But that's how it feels. It literally feels like there is two sets of mud that we're stepping in. It doesn't even feel like it's the same mud. Like, and I think that brings up, like, that's what I was making the point of. I didn't want this to just be, like, a conversation about the Trayvon no, Martin but, case. But, 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 I just wanted this to be, like, something, you know, how the that case has turned the trajectory yeah. of how we interact with people. But I think, like, in reality, we have to admit that, especially black women, like, Oftentimes, a lot of black women will tell you, like, we feel we're in this by ourselves because not only are we black, we're women. So, like, our struggles aren't just that of our race. It's also always and simultaneously that of our gender, too. And a lot of times, like, until we have a universal recognition of how black men are affected by patriarchy or not affected, but benefit from patriarchy, and have a tendency to oppress their allies. <laughs> like it is, it's laughable. The statement is laughable because it's we're in the mud. But trust me, there's like maybe like five miles in between us in the mud. Look, and here and here's where I'm at. And so I think part of the reason I get I get annoyed at like certain complaints is because I understand there's legitimate complaints. So when you instead of focus on the legitimate complaints, we we focus on some bullshit. I'm like, well. <laughs> like the 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 legitimate complaints I get, like I get I get I get that patriarchy exists. No, I'm any reasonable person is not going to tell you that doesn't exist. Any reasonable person is not going to tell you that, that doesn't exist. Not at all. Me, I'm saying like, look, and I and and, and I, here's why I don't think <laughs> I said like you have to be you have to be better to the person that's 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 trying to work with you, and so. I've said I that. think that's the part I'm laughing at. It's like this idea that men. Like I said, you, I, I said like you have to be. Trying to be. See, so why it, should I have to be? Because, like you just said, be selfish. Be, I, <laughs> mind you, most of it was talking to the men. I'm not talking. See, because again, as a black man, I know I can't really say shit to black women without being laughed out the room or without being looked with some, you know, inspected with a fine tooth comb. So I'm, so I'm not. Listen. I ain't worried about that. I think people have to do better for themselves because trying to please an audience that's never going to be satisfied is a fool's errand. You have to do this for you. Like, you have to be better for you. You have to make sure you're on your shit for you at the end of the day. And, and if, at the end of the day, if you can look in the mirror and, be, and, and know that you've done everything you can to be a better person in society, be good with that. Because a lot of a lot of a lot of the criticism, and I and I and I discuss this a little bit. It's like I can accept criticism that comes from love. I can't accept criticism that comes from hate. And so, the criticisms that are valid about the black man black woman dynamic, I respect. I can respect. I I, I take in, and you know what? I, I try to analyze and see if I'm one of those people who was doing this criticism, and if I am, how do I get better? But there are certain criticisms that are straight up asinine to me. And we know. 
that I just can't get with, and I'm not going to accept it because it came off of the lips of a black woman. Because me and people who think like me understand that no one in this bitch is perfect. No one in this person, no one in this thing is perfect. We all, we all have flaws. We all fall short. We, we all throwing stones from glass houses. It's just some people may have more glass in the house. So, and so I look at it like, look, and, and kind of going back to that statement that was, you know, apparently so laughable, right? If I could, I'm telling black women to be selfish. Like, focus on you first. It's okay, and, and it, it's okay to do that. In the airplanes, when they say, hey, put your own air mask on me for trying to help somebody else. Have that same thing. Like, I'm not telling you to not put your own air mask on. I'm telling, we got black men off to have to put their own air mask on before trying to help and trying to be the middle school principal of fucking black culture. I'm telling everyone, you make sure that your own, your own shit is in order. Make sure you are good first. That's a, because white people do it. <laughs> the Asians do it. The Latino, com- the Latino community does it. They make sure their own are good. They make sure they're good first before trying to. That's, and then, after you make sure you're good, understand there's still a, a, stratification, a stratification, and I'm, hopefully I'm saying that word right, in America that, has, that places one hue at the top and everyone else in the mud below. So once you put your own air mask on, then you make sure everyone else around you eats. Because truth be told, this whole minority thing that we, that we refer to ourselves as, in like 10 years, it won't be an accurate statement anymore. 10 years, the quote unquote minorities will outnumber the majority. And that's why the white people are acting up so much. Exactly. So, and so, and, and so the biggest strategy that anytime a smaller army deals with a bigger army, is divide and conquer. In every war, if you, are, if you have the lower numbers, you're taught to divide and conquer. And so we can't keep doing that to ourselves. And whether that's through how we as men don't listen and aren't aware of all the issues that you're going through, or how, as black women, because of because of prior transgressions, y'all stop giving a fuck about about like we can't divide ourselves. Like we have to we have to make sure, and this is why I'm talking mostly to no men here, is like make sure like hey, put your own mask on, help yourself first, but also make sure that you are doing what you need to do to help your ally. Because at the end of the day. If it's just black men versus white people, we're going to lose. If it's just black women versus white people, we're going to lose. And I don't even know what losing looks like, so, so to speak. Because we never won. But it's futile unless we figure out a way to get Start back on the by track. listening to a black woman. You might get somewhere. <laughs> now, if every- I laugh because in theory, we talk about theories, right? In theory, sure. But 
you you gotta we have to have more we have to be careful of who we listen to on both sides of the coin. Cause every cause cause skin folk ain't can folk. I know every every black man ain't worth listening to. But uh, if we being honest with ourselves, every black most woman, of y'all are mm, most of mm, y'all are you. No, you mm-hmm. retweet that troll AC guy every day, and that nigga is trash. If anybody else on Twitter is trash, he is number one on the list. That nigga is trash, and you retweet him all the time, and all he does is spill bullshit about women like every day. Put him at the top of the list if we talk about people we not listening to. All right, so 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 so, <laughs> so if we take it today, let's take it there. I'm of a belief that you can agree with people on certain points and not agree with them on others. Wild concept, I know. But I also think... None of his things that he says are of something to agree with. Like, because all of this shit is trash. To you. All of it. To but you. I'm just saying, like, if, okay, if that's a person you're going to look at, I'm going to start looking at you and be like, hmm, you're not really something I should be listening to either. Because I see the type of things that he's saying. I see what you agree with. And I just, I don't agree with either of them. So if that's what you're associating with, then. And, 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 and see, and, and, that's, that's and, and, and that's where we break down. Because because if, if we start playing that game, then no one's going to listen to anyone. Because well, we, maybe that might be what we need to do because because even yesterday you and fucking um what's her what's what's her name Raquel whatever her name is on Twitter but post nut clarity bullshit that she tried to pedal I I ask questions because I want to make sure I'm I'm not tripping so when I, I you posted it I went and looked at her tweet and then I said post her follow up tweet which I did okay and then I answered based off of what she tweeted I answered your question then you said well maybe that's where the disconnect is because that's not what it means and then that was the end of our conversation and, and so and so but but we're talking we're talking like oh you agree with so and so. On one thing, so that means you're gonna agree with him on all these things. I'm That's not, not saying th- you agree. I'm just saying what you agree with that man on makes me look at you differently because his things that he says that you agree with are trash. But there's also some other things you retweet, and I'll be looking at it like, is he serious? Well, you want you, you have examples? Let's, let's look. Do no, because it's gonna take me forever to okay. get back to one particular thing that you retweeted yesterday, and I was like, Kevin can't be serious. Cause, cause here's the thing, and maybe, maybe I'm different. Cause I think both sides are trash. <laughs> like, if we're talking about the collective, if 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 men are trash, then shit, women ain't much better. We're all like, we're all a level of fucked up. We're all a level of fucked up, which 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 is why when people try take the high road, the more high road, like they're so much better than everyone else, it fucking annoys me. Cause it's like, who the fuck are you to to act like your opinion is all high and mighty? I have a podcast, right? I don't think my opinion is better than your opinion or better than our listeners' opinion. No. I'm I just say this shit because I know how to say this shit. Like I don't think my opinion holds more weight than anyone else's. I think if you're able to back up your opinion with, with with data and substance and arguments, come on to the table. It's the, it's, it's the, it's the motherfuckers who can't back up their shit <laughs> with, with with data, substance, and arguments who just be saying shit, I can't respect. But, like, my opinion is that shit, we're all trash. If men are trash, women ain't much better. And shit, if men are trash, women are raccoons. 
Because y'all love playing with trash. If, if, if we're going that route. You're going to say that, and I don't even have to say anything back. Somebody's going to say something to you for that comment that you just said. So what? If men are trash, women are raccoons? Yeah, it's like, what? Because Listen, because <laughs> I can understand. I can understand as a man. There's a lot. There, I see a lot of shit, but I'm like, what the fuck? Like, that's not okay. That's not, that's not, that's not okay. Like, that, that, that thought process real fucked up. But that doesn't mean that, like, hey, everyone thinks like this clearly extreme-ass example. I don't do that. I don't work in extremes. I don't work in extremes. So, like, that's why I try to analyze everything because I know for a fact I don't work in the same extremes that a lot of these people in the social media generation work on. That's not me. Ain't never, that's never going to be me. She's pretty. So we talk, about, we talk about the patriarchy, right? We talk about how like, patriarchy exists and, pay, and, and how we continue to perpetuate patriarchy in, in mad different forms. I understand that. I get that. But it'd be the same motherfuckers out here tweeting, niggas ain't shit. <laughs> like, and then doing the same shit that they say the niggas ain't shit for. And then, wow, being laid up under the one of the niggas that say they ain't shit. I've decided that I'm no longer saying niggas ain't shit because I don't have to say it for y'all to prove that your actions are still there. Um, what I'm going to focus on now is just saying to women and having the conversation with them that, you know, we really need to focus and shift our views on turning everything into a monarchy. And while if we keep putting men at the epicenter of that, we're never going to get to where we need to go, women. I'm half kidding, half being very serious right now. Um, half kidding on the monarchy, very serious on the fact that even in feminism, a lot of times we tend to put men at the center of our feminism. So even if you say things like, and this is a realization I'm coming to for myself too, like something as far as like using men for their money, which I don't, I don't never tell a woman not to do that. Like if that's what you want to do with your life, by all means do it. But if you are, the intent of it is to live off a man for the rest of your life. Like that doesn't do anything for you, sis. Get to where you need to be, take his money and go do something for your life. Don't get the bag. And by bag, I mean actual purse, but get the bag and go do something like, have a man flip it into your career. I'm just saying. Or, but, like, not even just, you know, that was just a point. But what I'm saying is, like, a lot of times feminism, like, even when we say to have conversations about, like, cheating on men and, and trying to flip it and be like, well, you could use this for you in your time. Like, no, like, I think we need to change the conversation so it's at a point of, Hey, women, what do you want to do with your life? And how are you going to do this for you and strictly for you? And then after that, let's talk about, like, other genders and adding them into our equation. But I think right now, like, women need to take the focus and make it strictly about them. Like, I mean, I don't even want to talk about men anymore because it's just a waste of time. <laughs> like, you do, realize you, agree, you do realize you agreed with my original point, right? I'm not, I didn't okay, disagree I, I, okay, with I'm it. What sure. I was <laughs> laughing at was the idea of like helping your allies because it's, it's, it's a chuckle because it's like one side helps while the other side still sits by while we still struggle. Like, the, like, even if we talk about the conversations of like police brutality, we do not rally for women the same way that we do for men. And this is, Never mind, because that's not thoroughly that's not thoroughly for, fleshed out for me to make that point. But 
statistically, we just don't. We don't rally outside of Sandra. Or what was her name? Sandra Bland. Sandra Bland. Like we. Now, now my, now my. Even question. with her, we start talking about her mental illness, which is like okay. Now my question. Now, now a couple questions. So like, how do you measure rallying around? Is it like what you see on social media? Like I'm asking, is it what like what you see on social media? Is it like, like you know, are we like how does one measure that? Because measure it in the sense of like 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 measure it in the sense where you feel confident enough to be like y'all don't do this like what 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 gives you that confidence besides your own like feelings on the matter it's not it's outside of my feelings it's from the conversations that i have with people it's it is from the things that I've experienced at the hand of men in my own life. It is from the things that I see on social media. It's from the statistics taken. It's everything from emotional labor and relationships, how we treat women in uh, police brutality, how sexual assault victims are, are handled in the court system, how domestic abuse victims are handled in the court system, and then A, B, C, D, E, F, G. Like, for, there's, all, there's never a stopping point for w- women. And then on top of that, like... Being a black woman, it's like having those issues and then having to add on top of it being black. So then there is like everything that a man has to fear, we have to do that plus fear whatever goes from being a woman. And then it's like you go to have these conversations and you make screw faces like the one you just made. There's a reason. Like, there's a reason. And so, okay. So oftentimes the reason why I, I make that face. It's not downplaying what you go through. It's saying that it's different. You legitimately, you go through the same level, maybe, but it's not the same experiences because of just bare back, like bare bottom bones. Situ- like it's, and and then so my so we talk about rallying, right? And we talk because that was that was a question I asked. It was like the like the rallying point, and then you, and then we brought all those things that I just said. Like men are not rallying for women the way they should be. And so and so for you and so for you and and here's why I here's why I say like do stuff for you. Don't do stuff. Don't do stuff for don't do stuff for an audience. I actually agree. Just start doing stuff for you, women. Leave these men right where they are and do stuff for you and you only. Like I said, because you know you you want okay. Anyway, I feel like, and I'm trying really hard to make sure I say this properly. If you're going to if you're going to fight, if you're going to be a good person, if you're going to like be a like an ally or be whatever you think an ally may mean, or if you're going to like do those things, do it for you and don't do it for an audience, especially an audience who will never be pleased with your actions. So for women, if you feel like I'm not, if you feel like it's quote unquote the right thing to do, but you're not gonna do it because niggas don't fuck with you or like because people ain't showing out for you the way you feel like they need to be show, showing out for you, I'm not the person to tell you how to live your life. I'm, and I'm never gonna be that person. But if you feel like 
it's the right thing to do. And then you choose not to do it because of external factors that you feel like you're not going to get the recognition that you deserve for doing it. That's a similar issue. Just like men, if you want to do something, if you want to be that person who's like speaking up and speaking out against patriarchy, who's speaking up against, you know, all of the work, you know, the workplace sexual harassment, who's speaking up on all of these different things that you can choose to speak up on. Speak up on that because it's the right thing to do. Don't speak up on it because you feel like you're trying to, to appease an audience. That's my point. What do you mean? I mean, if you do, it's, it's, it's real simple. Like, do the right thing to do, whatever you consider the right thing to do, as if no one would find out about it, as if no one was watching. Be, but because in your heart of hearts, you know I need to do this. That's what I'm saying. Because I feel like a lot of times in the social media shit where it's like if we don't post something, it doesn't happen. People do shit for an audience, and that's where they get fucked up at. So, again, be both sides. Be selfish. Make sure that home is good first. Whatever that means to you, make sure that home is good first. And then once home's good, for, for if you feel like home's good, then go out and try to be a positive impact to the people around you. Because there's a lot of motherfuckers who try to be a positive impact to the people around them, but can't because you, you can't pour from an empty cup. You out here trying to give everyone everything, and you ain't got shit to give yourself. That's my point. And so. I don't disagree with a decent amount of what you said. Be selfish. Focus on your own. Focus on you. Focus on what you need what you need to make happen. Like, I ain't gotta sit here and list off all, all, all the accomplishments black women are doing. You you I people know that. Like people know Beyonce just got the first black photographer to ever f- cover Vogue in 126 years because she's Beyonce. People know that. All the shit that Ava's doing, Shonda Rhimes is doing. Like, people know that. The education, like, people know that. And I always try to make sure in my small little section of what we call this world to acknowledge people doing their shit. Like, getting getting master's degrees, doctorate degrees, like getting new job promotions, all that. I try to acknowledge that. But I also make sure that I'm not doing so much acknowledging and, and rooting and cheerleading and all of this, but I'm, not, I'm forgetting to do my own shit for myself. That's what I'm saying. And you can disagree with that if you want. I'm not disagreeing I'm, 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 I'm talking to the listeners. <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? Like, focus on your own, then try to help your community. And, and if you choose to, quote, unquote, help your community, be an ally, do the right thing, do it for yourself. Don't do it for... An audience. You can't, wait, you said be an ally, but don't do. But like, I'm talking about like don't don't out here try to be like be an ally just because you feel like you're gonna get some. You you, you want praise for it? You want adoration? You do it because it's the right thing to do. That's what I'm saying. That's what I mean by do it for yourself. I mean do it because you feel like it's the right thing to do. It's a it's a. Please, everyone a, else, understand that if you are an ally, you are background. You it's when they say jump, you say how high. So if you can't play that role when being an ally, you're not an ally. 
I still don't see how that's a disagreement of what I said. But I'm not saying it's a disagreement of what you said. I'm the same way you just said you were talking to your listeners, the same way I was just saying that. But I just feel like this whole idea that black men are allies to black women, it's not the same. It's just not. So the way black women women go up, the way black women go up for black men is not the same. It's not reciprocated. It's not. See, and I think this is, it's, I think it's, it's not reciprocated the way you want it to be, right? It's not just how I want it to be. It's the conversations that I'm constantly having with the women in my life, whether they're my close friends, on the internet, women I come across. It's not, like, women are saying this, and I don't understand, like, we go to have this conversation every time. Somebody's just like, there's always this pushback, and it, it's like, we're literally talking about allyship, and this is that point where you have to, like, just, there's an allyship before you can be a person of action, there has to be that point of listening. And women are constantly saying, it's not reciprocated the same. It's not. Like, the the whole idea that men, black men particularly, to black women are, are rooting for us and, and helping us and rallying for us, it's not the same. It's not. The way women are willing to risk their lives for black men, it's not reciprocated the same. Very rare are men putting their lives at risk to help women. Not to the same level in which women have done it from time and time again. And I guess that's where my feminism is now, where I just look at men and it's this this feeling of incompetence. It's this feeling of, of just like If you don't like us, leave us alone. And that and, 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 and that's and that's and, and that's where I'm at. I'm that's where I'm at right now. It's like look. Again, through this entire episode, through this entire conversation that I have. I, I, I say these things, I'm saying, like, yeah, all of these things exist. But there's, a, there's some part of social media and how we live today that we will ignore anything positive to focus on everything negative. Like, we don't hear the good news, we only hear the bad. And I'm not saying there isn't bad news to hear. I'm not saying that. I'm saying that, like, we won't, we just don't hear anything besides the bat. And I'm at the point where I'm like, look, and I and I, I think I agree with you. If you don't like us, leave us alone. Leave us be. And if you don't like women, leave them alone. Leave them be. Like, life's too fucking short at this point. And I if think it, the difference between when we say, like, leave them alone, I, I would love if women left men alone more. But it's outside of, like, there's an act of violence that differentiates the two genders. And I guess that's the point I'm trying to make. Like, there's an act of violence acted upon on women from men. And that's that's the allyship that is missing. We don't do enough to, to rally for women when their lives are in danger at the hands of men. If we're being, if we're all being honest with ourselves, women don't either. We're still learning how to do it. But when you're an ally to such a sensitive topic as this, there's the part of listening. And that's the part that's missing in all this. Like, I don't understand, like, I, the disconnect in, in when having this constant conversation and men not willing to rectify with the fact that there is so many acts of violence against women. That, like... 
That's what I'm saying when you were talking about like us being in the mud. I'm like, there's mileage, mileage between us being in the mud. Not only are y'all farther and walk in the mud, we're like separated and with and behind you. It is just a reality. And more women, women are willing to run that extra mile and close that gap than men are to pull themselves back and close the gap and help us. And it's a sad reality. And women are constantly saying that. And then it just feels like it's constantly putting, being put on, on deaf ears by men. And it's more like a, it becomes like a defense thing. Like, well, I just don't understand it. Da, 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 da. And if you don't like us, then don't like us. And it's like, God, I wish, I wish it was that easy. Because even if women, even if ideally women just left men alone, men still aren't going to stop leaving women alone. That act of violence is not just going to go away. And that's when I'm like, when I'm constantly saying like men need to rally for women more, it's more around the violence in which other men are acting upon women. Men need to step up and start doing more to stop other men from being so violent towards women. It's one thing for you to recognize you're not doing it. It's another thing for you to recognize and speak to your friends and hold them accountable. Because this idea that we hold men accountable, it's not there. Otherwise, R. Kelly would have been in jail a long time ago. Otherwise, Chris Brown would no longer have his career because he never really apologized. And he constantly is in the media for still doing acts of things against women. And yet, somehow, this man's still going on sold-out tours. It's kind of just like, what the fuck? Then there's so many X, Y, Z, A, B, C, D of men, countless examples that we give. But it's like this elephant in a room of a, of a serious conversation that we refuse to have. And it's not just... Particularly, I don't even think about white people at, at this moment in my life, like, because it doesn't mean anything. But, like, in the black community, we just don't rally for women the way that we should. And I guess that's where my feminism is now in a place of, women, I just hope whatever you're doing in life, it's, it's you. It's not you plus the ideal of everything society has ever told you. It's you plus you and everything you've ever wanted your life to be and you're doing it for yourself. It's not for anyone else but you and what you see best for you. And I hope at no point do you sell yourself out for some ideology of what society thinks you're supposed to be or like pleasing a man because it just doesn't matter. I just want women to to freely be able to just live. It's just, it's not a reality. One final point, and then we'll get out of here. Because I've had this discussion, and I think I've had this discussion on Twitter in, like, different conversations. And I think it comes back to the, if, it, if you don't post it, it, it doesn't happen. Um, and it's because you said we need to have these conversations internally as men. And, again, we're, we're all speaking based off of some bias or another. Because I, I, I can't say I've spoken to every single man in the world, every single black man in the world. But these conversations that we were, we're, we're having, that we're supposed to have, it starts off... It starts off internally. It starts off privately, off outside of social media, outside of a public gaze. Because that's when you are able to actually change people's behaviors. Um, is, 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 is privately. Um, it's, it's, you know, it's correct privately 
first. That's kind of how I was always taught. Even with family matters, like you don't air you you don't air your dirty laundry out. You know, you you handle it internally. And so again, can't speak for every man. I don't speak for every man. I speak for the people. I speak for the people I know. I speak for the, like the, the conversations I've had. The conversations that we have internally, I would consider fruitful, because it is it is confronting those hard truths about what it is to be how what does it mean to be a black man in America and and how and how and how to be better for yourself and how to be better, a better person in the community and how to be able to protect the, the people that you're supposed to be able to protect. Those conversations are happening internally. Um, and I can see, again, with the people in my circles and the people that I've talked to and, and reached out to with in person, on social media, for whatever, there is a shift Right, there is a shift of like how you talk about women and how you, you know, treat them and how and and recognizing things that we thought were okay, venom aren't aren't actually okay. Um, those things. There's a shift in the conversation. It's just it's happening. It's not happening in the public gaze. So in 2018, the poster that doesn't happen mentality says like, oh, y'all niggas ain't doing shit. I think, and, and that's where, again, that's where the defense comes from. It's like, we are, we're working on trying to not only be better for ourselves, but I don't be, think it has to don't, be. Don't, so not to, <laughs> nah, I need to let I need I need to let this go. <laughs> I need to let this out. It's like working on being not only a better person, but trying to guide the people that you are close to into be being better as well. Is it move is is it moving as at at a at a pace that is fast enough for, for, for society? Probably not. Because you are, we are unlearning centuries of things of what we're taught. That is, it can't, it's not an overnight thing. It, 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 it can't be an overnight thing. And that's where the thing is. It's like, it's, 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 it's not the tip of the iceberg. It's all the shit that's going on below. And hopefully, eventually, it'll be able to be seen in a public manner. And I think once, we, once we're able to get to that point where you can kind of show your work, I think that's, that'll be a point where we'll be able to be able to have a different level of conversation. Which, but it all goes back to my point, like don't do this shit for our audience, do this shit for you. Like where we're at now, it's not going, we're not going to be able to, be, to, to please everyone because we're not there yet. We're working towards the getting there because we're not, and I, I just want people to understand that you work towards the get there because it's the right thing to do because you know you need to improve, not because you feel like you need to improve for someone else. And, and, and that's the reason, because I want to make sure I got this out, and I knew if I, and I, knew if I stopped, I, w I wouldn't remember this. So that's why I needed to make sure I got this out. 
And, and, it's not, and a part of like why R. Kelly hasn't been canceled yet, or why Chris Brown saw sold out shows, it ain't just men at them concerts. Yeah, it's your aunties. <laughs> and especially Chris Brown, they ain't just aunties either. Like, and those type of those type of things, like, yes, R. Kelly should have been out of here. And you know, and Chris Chris Brown, you know, has all of his demons that are still very much public to the public eye. But <laughs> it ain't just men at them concerts. <laughs> and I think maybe that, those weren't my best examples. But, but kind of going, and I'll finish, and I'll let you. I'll let you get to the last one before we can go. Because I, I was only gonna say to you that it's maybe it's not a social media thing as much as it needs to be like more in person conversations it, 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 between it, it, men and women. But and, and, and like I know we're having these conversations in person and like in our in person internally with us. Like, again, I'm speaking for myself. I'm speaking for the people I know because obviously I can't speak for everybody. But I know these conversations are happening and the shift is happening. I just know that it's also not going as fast as, as people want it to be, which that's kind of a product of trying to unlearn a lot of the things that we're trying to unlearn. Um, and I do think that the hostility of conversations only happens on social media. Like, I wouldn't say so. It happens more. Okay. So like the level has to, because we, people say shit behind a keyboard that they would never say in person and through all types of different conversations, like not just this, but like people will say wild ass shit through a keyboard that if that person was standing right in front of them, you wouldn't say a damn thing. And I think, and I think if you take that layer of away, we start to have more, legitimate conversations but I th you know I think that's where I think that's where we are I mean I've said this plenty of times like we both black women and black men we both got a chip on our shoulders and because of because we both have that chip and we both are carrying that chip and ha and society has forced us to be ab adversarial to everyone we know because of where we at our conversations are adversarial most likely from the jump because of how because of how everyone else has treated us, so we get to you and I. It's like we already been beat up, so now we come to you and I, and we're already defensive on both sides, waiting for some shit to pop off. We have to get to a point where we cannot have that adversarial undertone with our conversations, and I think then people are more likely to be able to hear and listen, and and actually get some shit done. That's my opinion. Um, to double back to me and my depression. Never mind, because I totally forgot to... Never mind. I forgot. I'm sorry. I, I, you, I had to get that out. And if I didn't get out no, right then... It, it was something I was trying to say earlier in the show, and I didn't get to say it. Now I can't remember it. It's fine. All right. Oh, man. Any, anything else you got that you, you want to speak on? Nope. <laughs> All right. Um, hopefully, you guys, you know, enjoy... Enjoy this. Um, I think we, we you know, we kind of came in just kind of like try to be honest and have honest conversation. And honest conversation sometimes ain't pretty. <laughs> Most of the time it ain't pretty. Um, but um, again, follow us on all of our social media. 
tell a friend to tell a friend about the podcast because word of mouth is really what helps us out. Um, so if you like it, tell somebody about it. Um, and continue to communicate with us with the hashtag. If you have a question or if you have a topic that you feel like we need to discuss on this episode, um, email us at shootyourshotpod at gmail.com. And um, besides that, C. Diddy signing off from my co-host, Stephanie. See you, niggas. We out. We'll see you next week. You know it's winter somewhere. But it's springtime. The second shift production.